When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rustin is over, but we are just getting started here on The Connect on Post Show Recaps. It's me, Chappelle, and I'm back again for another one of these Connect movie reviews. And uh, this time we are in for a very special treat. I think these last few films have been had one thing in common, and that is uh, a little trophy known as the Oscar. And so uh, <laughs> to continue our Academy Award winning coverage here on The Connect, we are going to be talking about Rustin uh, and uh, Coleman Domingo's Oscar-nominated performance, uh, Oscar-nominated uh, performance that we are about to dive into here on the Connect. So, with me as usual, Mari. Mari, what's up? Hello. I'm so glad we've been able to re- like watch and and talk about these uh, very blacky black Oscar Academy Award-nominated uh, films. We did not the the nominations were not out when we um, did Color Purple. So Danielle Brooks did get a, a nom for Best Supporting Act Actress. Uh, we the noms weren't out last week when we did American Fiction, but mm-hmm. let's go. Jeffrey Wright got nominated for uh, Best Actor, while Sterling K. Brown got nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Like, 
I mean, tell us we have taste without telling us we have taste, right? That part. And of course, you know, someone who helped us come up with this playlist as well of Oscar nominated movie. I, I want to say our Oscar expert here. Right. Uh, Latanya, <laughs> you back? What's up? I'm back. I I had a lot of fun talking about our Black Oscar nominees on our Oscars podcast. And <laughs> I'm excited that we get the chance to talk about Rustin today. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so once again, thank you all for joining us here on the Connect on, on Post Show Recaps. We've been having a great time talking about these movies and just, um, you know, really diving into some of the heavily lauded and prestige, you know, um, works from these Black actors and directors and, you know, producers, all this other stuff, because a lot of times we do not see these things highlighted, um, you know, on the larger scale. We've seen hashtags in the past, Oscars so white, um, you know, where you you have to really remind people that there are other actors of other race, uh, you know, on the connect specifically here, Black, but, uh, you know, and other races and ethnicities that do matter and that do have voices and talent that don't get showcased as much due to, you know, not being a part of the majority or the, the, the larger voting audience, or even not doing things mm-hmm. that are comfortable for people who are not, you know, part of those communities to watch. And so here we have, uh, tell us all this time, we got a civil rights movie, you know, and uh, it's kind of back <laughs> to the well on this one. And so mm-hmm. uh, before we get into like the movie review as a whole, Mari, what did you think about, you know, the idea that, okay, we got another civil rights movie, it's Oscar nominated. Mm-hmm. Have we done this too many times before? Or is this something we need to keep going back to? No, I I, I, I don't think we're, we've done it too many times before when you're looking at also American fiction being nominated as well. And that's neither your slave movie, your civil rights movie or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I, my inherent problem with um, civil rights movies or slave movies is not the genre itself. It's that they make up the majority of black media. Now that we're getting, um, we're getting more diverse black stories, even though we could always use more, but you know, now that we are getting more diverse black stories, it's okay. It's here for everybody. And and it's a purpose. It's a purpose to kind of like teach that history so that it doesn't get erased. So I'm cool with it. I'm fine. Yeah. And uh, and I'd argue that this is probably a spin on a civil rights movie that we haven't really seen a lot of as well. You know, so Mm -hmm. we've seen a lot of movies told uh, about the civil rights movement from Martin Luther King's perspective and the perspective of the man, the face of the movement. You know, we've seen MLK and we've seen Malcolm X as well, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of put uh, hoist it to the front of these stories. But I think that Rustin does a really good job of one telling the story of uh, one main character, but also highlighting that there are so many other voices involved in the civil rights mm-hmm. movement in a way that we haven't really seen before. Latanya, what did you think about Rustin as a part of that story and being a new person at the front of this movement as far as the larger media is concerned? I thought that it's really important that this movie got made just because I think that the larger public may never have heard of Bayard, Rust- Bayard Rustin before. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he is one of those names, like when you look at pictures of the March on Washington, you can clearly see him in the photos in the background after, you know, King has given his I Have a Dream speech or even during, but you may not know who he is or what role that he had, uh, mm-hmm. you know, played in actually organizing the March on Washington itself. So the fact that it's kind of a story that's been lost to history almost gives it even more relevance as to why it's something that should be told. And also it's a story about a queer black man 
um, who's openly queer during the 19, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, which is something that you don't hear about very often. And often, you know, those people get pushed to the margins as a result of that. Yeah. And uh, I think that is largely why this movie has gotten so much buzz is that it was a a, it was a twist on a civil rights story because it's telling the story of the black civil rights movement. But as we know, uh, women and queer people have been at, you know, pulling the strings on those movements um, and not getting the recognition that they've deserved for so, so long. And so here in this movie, we do get the story of by Rustin, and uh, I'm very proud to say my frat brother by Rustin, um, yeah. oh. fraternity. Yeah, so I was like, okay, and we get the uh Academy Award nomination for Coleman Domingo, and so um, I love Coleman Domingo, talk about him all the time on The Walking Dead. Latanya, I know you're a big Coleman Domingo fan too. What yeah. did you think about Coleman Domingo in this role as the I, titular by Rustin? Yeah, I thought that he did a really great job of just kind of like bringing in a sense of humanity to the part. Um, Like Coleman Domingo, as I've said before, is like one of our generation's great actors. Like Mm -hmm. he's going to he's soon going to be playing Michael Jackson's father. Like he played Mr. He's going to play every single terrible father that has ever existed in the black canon. And I'm fine with it. (laughs) Um, I think that, you know, in this performance, there was just so much heart there. There's a lot of range, like when people talk about um, award, like Academy Award nominated performances, you know, he is like playing the lute at some point during this. (laughs) He's like singing. He's, um, you know, he's acting his ass off. And it's not like he's getting an award for the most acting either, (laughs) uh, which is something that especially in biopics can happen. So I just think that his performance in this movie is so great and something that is to be seen and it is it should be said also that Coleman Domingo is Afro Latino which yes. is you know like when they were congratulating the Latina uh nominees Latino nominees they didn't put him on there um and and so it's important to like note that he's in the intersection of all of these different things he's Afro Latino and he's LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. and he's given this amazing performance i'm just glad that we're living in the era of Coleman Domingo Can I just piggyback on that and saying like this like Oscar nomination like reveal thing has just been like one F up after another. (laughs) It's like it's like they've been focusing like on the wrong things. It's like Barbie didn't get nominated. Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig didn't get nominated for Barbie. But but America Ferrera did, you know. Yeah. She she's like a Latino woman who got who got uh, the best supporting nomination. Oh, but shout out to America Ferrera, and I forgot the other actress. Uh, our Latino um, our Latino noms this year. Uh, what about Coleman Domingo? I forgot Domingo? him. Like it was just so. It's just like <laughs> I don't. It's like the the left eating each other. Like what are we doing here, y'all? Like not to mention like Greta. And Robbie and Margot Robbie don't get uh, those nominations, but then we get like, don't we get like our, our like one of one of like not that many indigenous women's uh, being nommed? Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. Uh, there's and then I think there's a a I think in the best director there's like a black woman or something nommed there or something like that. Or no, another white, no, it's Trier. another white woman. Yeah, it's a, Justine yeah. Trier is a is a nominee from France. Yeah, okay, yeah. So there is a woman nominee in in that category. It's just not Greta Gerwig. <laughs> it's just so it's not just Greta like, Gerwig. What are we like 
what are we all doing here? <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's Ryan like, Gosling it, gets nominated for the Barbie movie because yes. he's just Ken. <laughs> yes, Ken gets nominated for Best Supporting. And it's just like... And it's not even like Greta and Margot don't get nominated for Oscars because they do because it's yeah, nominated for Best time. Picture and the, and it's nominated yes. for Best Adapted yes. Screenplay. Yeah, so they are up for Oscars. Yeah, just not the two that just not the ones you want. <laughs> yeah, um, but all that to be said, like it's like people can now start to think like that, like the Oscars. Oh, they're just nominating people just to fill diversity quotas and stuff like that. You can definitely see people leaning towards that way. But if you watch this movie, you'll rightfully know why Coleman Domingo got that Oscar nom. He is so dynamic in this role as a, a, a Bayard Rustin. It's like, again, he he just falls into the character. I'm not even realizing I'm watching Coleman Domingo while I'm watching him which I think is like number one. And then like him affecting the affectation, you know, they say it's it's pure Oscar bait when you can put on an, an accent, you know, and kind of look messed up. He had the good makeup with the missing tooth and stuff like that. But just playing this eccentric role, is it wasn't just that. It were so many levels to uh, Coleman's portrayal, portrayal of Bayard that was were just really stunning from like almost like his... I, I don't want to say, but uh, like manic modes of like, like getting into um, organizing the rally and all of that to like his down moments when he's facing like how his personal life can affect his professional life and stuff like that. Coleman gave so many levels of emotion while still being in this character that it was truly a masterclass to see. So even if you're not interested in the subject matter, like if you're not a history person or anything like that, his acting truly like drags you through the movie. Like it's the one thing that keeps you like engaged through the movie. At least that's how I found. I, that's what I found. What did you think, Chappelle? Oh yeah, big agree. I like I said, I'm a big Coleman Domingo fan, and so watching him in this role, yeah, this felt like my first uh, introduction to Bayard Rustin. Even though I've read about him, you know, this mm -hmm. is the first time I get to see like you know what he would look like in these moments, mm -hmm. and um, and this was a very fun watch, and uh, you know, a very important story to tell. So what we'll do is we'll go ahead and take a, a ad break right now, and then we'll come back in just a moment to talk about the movie, our final parts, and uh, get into um, you know the bigger story uh, right after this. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. So we're back. Byron Rustin. This is the story of a civil rights leader. Obviously, like we said, played by Coleman Domingo. He's depicting a, a, a very important person in the civil rights movement uh, because he stands for civil rights for all people, right? For gay rights, African-American rights, uh, men's women's rights for all people. Well, that's largely not the story we're taught when we're taught about the civil rights movement in school in the past. We are taught mm-hmm. that like Martin Luther King led this march on Washington and it happened. Everybody just showed up. And because yeah, okay, yeah. got on the mic and told everybody to come. And yep. that's it. You know, I, I don't think I've ever really heard the story of like the grassroots portion of these things and like the feet on the ground of how it takes, like how much it takes to organize this and how much it takes to get um, hundreds of thousands of people in one spot. Right. Not just a right. thousand people, but hundreds of thousands. And we get to see that from beginning to end told through the eyes of by Rustin. Um, and, I'll just say this, starting the movie off uh, with Byron Rustin and MLK working closely together and then showing that they are driven apart by rumors of, um, you know, Byron Rustin and MLK uh, having like homosexual activity between the two of them, you know, that is probably perpetuated by anybody who could want to shut down this movement, whether it's black, white, um, brown, whoever. If you don't want this person, Byron Rustin, to be the face of this movement, the best way to shut it down is to attack his sexuality. And mm-hmm. it does put a rift between him and MLK that they later have to like uh, come back together and fix so that they can get the March on Washington, which is the biggest demonstration we'll ever see in civil rights in the United States, um, to happen. And to think that it almost doesn't happen because Byron Rustin is a homosexual. And Mari, I know you probably mm-hmm. have a lot of opinions on this for sure, but when you look at this story and knowing that this almost doesn't happen, like this huge movement, the, the rights that we know today almost didn't happen because a man is gay. Um, what do you think about how the movie shows that and how the movie kind of bookends it with by arresting at the end, not even really getting the credit that he deserved for making this happen? Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising. It's like back then, everybody was coming for them. The FBI, you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't, the people, the powers that be did not want equal rights, you know? They didn't want civil rights, civil li- liberty for Black people and all people and stuff like that. So um, they they see it as a, a as a, a quick out. Like, this is stuff that they're still doing to, to this day. They're dividing, they're trying to divide these communities. They're trying to divide the LGBTQ queer community from the Black community, community as if there are not people who overlap in both of those communities. You know what I'm saying? It's a tale as old as time. You do, you divide and you conquer. You know what I'm saying? So uh, seeing Bayard Rust, uh, Rustin like truly being the boots on the ground and truly like being the person that gets MLK on the stage, but the fact that they can use this one thing against him, which is his homosexuality, which at the time was not like permitted or legal or, mo- or seen as morally right, is 
it, it's not it's not surprising to me. It's like the same playbook. We're seeing the same playbook over and over and over again. It's like you divide the minorities so that they can't speak up against the majorities who are the actual oppressors. So I really like um, that we do get that they stick beside him eventually. You know, we know we find out that they stick beside him and he's able to continue his work when it could have been so easily they just toss him aside, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, throughout we see that uh, weaponized against him several other times throughout the uh, film. Basically, several anytime, time. yeah, anytime <laughs> there's some momentum, they try to throw something at these uh, civil rights leaders, and we see that in the stories of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King as well, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, we have to diminish their act, you know, their actions and their civil rights leadership uh, by, you know, like being like, oh, you know, you know, he got a white girlfriend on the side, you know, or like, <laughs> oh, you know, well, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? And they come out the gate swinging with. Oh yeah, MLK and by Rustin. Isn't it crazy that this reverend is so good friends with this gay man? What what could be going on there? Latanya, they even accused by Rustin of being a communist. And when they do, the right. phones start ringing. But when they say that, oh, he's a pervert. Remember what happened in Pasadena? The phones mm-hmm. are blowing up, and he's almost asked to resign. Um, I'm sure you have a lot to say about that. Um, when it comes to um Bayard Rustin and Coleman Domingo, I guess specifically. What did you think about those moments where he was faced with, I have a very important thing to say and I know I'm right, but we have these external factors that are not just allowing me to not only be myself, but also to get us to the greater good. Yeah, there's that really great scene where they're in the kind of like boardroom area um, and they're meeting with all of the people who are coming in from out of town who want to know more about the progress that they made on the march. And uh, that is when Jeffrey Wright's character Look wants at him. Uh, Adam Clayton popping Powell. up again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. He's in this movie too. Yeah. Uh, where he wants to expose what happened in Pasadena. And instead, Rustin tries to get them to focus on, like, we have this many buses. We have this many people cooking. We have this many like toilets, et cetera, et cetera. Like, look at all the work that we managed to do in like six or seven weeks Mm -hmm. to make this happen. Like, it's not that he's deflecting. It's that he's trying to change the focus from himself to the movement as a whole. And that is something that takes just a tremendous amount of like inner strength. You can tell that like he is petrified of these stories getting out about him. Like, I think Coleman Domingo does a great job of playing that fear that you would have of being exposed at a time like that, um, of having like the worst things, quote unquote, worst things about you aired out in in public in front of people that you care about and that you trust that are your colleagues. Like this is work, right? Like, so it is just almost gut-wrenching to see his portrayal as he deals with all of these different issues that are trying to detract from what he's the, the great work that he's doing for the civil rights movement. And that it's yeah. coming, like the call is coming from inside the house is what makes it <laughs> terrible. Yeah. And we will get to that for sure. Cause I got a lot of questions for the NAACP at this point, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's so crazy because of course, obviously he doesn't want his character defamed for being himself, right. For doing things that, you know, that is natural to him. He says, you know, I was born black and I was born homosexual at the same exact time, you right. know? So it's like, it's not like I changed up or something happened and made me act like this. And I was acting out. This is just him, you know, 
trying to find love and affection in the places that he can find it. And he's being uh, like basically painted as a criminal. I mean, they literally said yeah, persecuted, uh, guilty, mm-hmm. persecuted yeah, uh, of being a homosexual. And um, to have all of that, just trying to protect your character, but then also knowing that that part of you could derail this entire movement. You know, like mm-hmm. you could come back to work tomorrow and they say, you are no longer involved. We're not doing a hundred thousand people. We're actually doing 10,000 people. It's going to be a picnic. There are not going to be any tents. There's not going to mm-hmm. be any water. They're not going to, you know, and knowing again that this might be coming from the FBI, but it also could be coming from the NAACP. It could be coming from Martin Luther King. You don't know who it's coming from. You don't really know who to trust except for your closest inner circle of people. And even they might throw you under the bus if it means keeping the meeting going. Um, mm-hmm. That scene with Je- Jeffrey Wright was incredible because I was just talking about how much I love Jeffrey Wright last time we talked, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. know how I feel about Jeffrey Wright anymore. Um, <laughs> Keep that here. God, defend him. <laughs> I, I don't know if he's my god, uh, <laughs> but he's a damn good actor. Like, he is really good at making you hate him in this role. Mm. And, and, like, Adam Clayton Powell is, like, one of the, like, big civil rights figures that we actually do learn about in school um, mm-hmm. or, like, in your individual reading. Um, he, he's one of the bigger names is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So to to know that he was doing all this, uh, or at least like the movie is portraying that he was doing all this. I, Jeffrey Wright, we need to have a discussion. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like <laughs> I, I, I applaud you for playing this role so well, but I hate it when you play people that I don't like. I don't. It, it doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. yeah that part. Go ahead, Mari. And it, it also felt like uh, the old guard versus the new guard. It was like, and I'm pretty sure we could all re- like relate to that. It was like. Powell wanted to to he wanted to be in the spotlight. He wanted to push this, and uh, the fact that he like constantly is the thorn in, in Byard's side, and 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 talk about other people throwing uh, Byard's sexuality up. Powell says that every chance we get, the first the first time we meet him, he's calling him a queen. Like, yeah, you know, Powell is is very power hungry it feels like for somebody who is a a representative in the in congress and stuff like that and this character is like are are you the villain like you're kind of the villain here but no 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 you're not because the white men is the villain the fbi they're the the real villain villain. you know so i i did like i did like him and then at the end kind of like him trying to eat crow to like please let me speak at this at the, the march on Washington, but they're trying to figure out they like they don't they don't want it to be political. They want it to be a peace rally. So I I don't even know did was it clear did he get to speak at all? Do we know? I do not believe that he did. I no. don't think so. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He just really wanted in on this because by the time it was the ball was rolling, he could t- they could tell that it was going to be bigger than they anticipated, and it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Since we're talking about the cast, uh, I do not want to glance over the performance of uh, uh, Amel Amin as Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. I am not familiar with this man's work at all. Not at all. Yeah. I am so used to my Martin Luther King's being uh, the same exact person every time. You know, like it's mm-hmm. very like slow talking, talks like he's always giving the I have a dream speech at all at any given time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, you know, but this this was new. This felt like uh, like young Martin, you know, like uh, kind of uh, mm-hmm. like little Martin. Uh, 
I am not familiar with Amel Amin, but uh, Mari, have you ever seen him in any other works? Because I've seen some of these things, but nothing oh, that makes me looking, stand out. Yeah. Of, like, this might be yeah. my new Martin Luther King. Wow, no, I'm yeah, I'm looking at his um at his IMDb, and he was Albie in the Maze Runner. Maze Runner is one was one of my favorite books. The the movies were okay. He plays the only black character in it, and he did a good job. Um, and he was in I May Destroy You. Yeah, that's I, what I know I, him from. Yeah, if that means I think that's that means he that's Michaela Cole's best friend yeah. character, right? Wow. Now, couldn't I, no, is that not Papa Sidu? I think was the best friend character. I'm not okay. sure exactly which character what he played he did. in I May Destroy. Yeah, it. and I May Destroy. Okay, that because I was about to say, then he really like um trans transported. So yeah, he's in like a lot of stuff that I did just watch Run Sweetheart Run. Um, but I I wouldn't have been able to pick him out. I I couldn't tell, and I think he did a really good job at, as young Martin. And that's what it felt like, right? It felt like young Martin, like he said. Mm-hmm. It felt like somebody who wasn't as necessarily uh, sure of himself as you would as you would think. You know, somebody who is. I mean, this is an event planning kind of one on one. Like, if you like event planning, this is like the movie for you. <laughs> yes. And I and I'm like now I'm like really not surprised. Like, why would I think that Martin Luther King would would know like how to event plan all of this? You know, like it's I think protesting the Montgomery bus stops is easier than trying to get two hundred and fifty thousand people into one area. You know, so I, I liked it. I li- I did like his his portrayal. Definitely a different. I felt like a different take on Martin Luther King altogether. Yeah, I know him from Sensei. He was the African uh, bus driver. Uh, Caffius, oh, I think his name was in Sensei. And wow. I didn't even recognize him, right? Right, so, didn't recognize uh, him at all. Yeah. yeah, he's a British actor, too. Yeah. You know, these British folk love <laughs> playing OK and civil rights <laughs> oh, leaders. Maybe yeah. that's a different podcast. Never mind. I'm, I'm just saying it be happening a lot these days. That's it. But, he's um, in so much stuff. Like, he's in a lot of stuff. Red Tails, yeah. too? Oh, my gosh. It's wow. crazy. He's in Red Tails? He's in Red Tails. Yeah. It feels like and the butler. for like him to step out into like more leading roles because I think mm-hmm. these a lot of a lot of the roles we're talking about. He's like a supporting cast member. But if you can play mm-hmm. MLK in any capacity, I think that you kind of got it. You know, you can yeah. move forward. And I think he's a, a seasoned actor at this point. You know, it's like to us, mm-hmm. we were like, What? That's him. But you know, when you go look at his IMDb, he's like, No, we know him. We just weren't familiar with his work. Um mm-hmm. this cast is full of really big names. Latanya, was there any other name that jumped out to you immediately? I don't want to get into the Chris Rock of it all unless you do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was hoping that we could have a Chris Rock free podcast. <laughs> oh uh, no, uh, for me, a few stand out. Glenn Turman playing A. Philip Randolph. Like, Glenn Turman has been on my screen in one capacity or another since my born day. Like, I just I, I love him as an actor. This is the type of role that, you know, like white actors are rewarded for as kind of like a lifetime achievement Oscar nomination. Um, mm-hmm. So I could have easily seen him getting, getting some um, awards recognition there. And then I have to point out the ladies, CCH Pounder as Dr. Yes. And Audra McDonald as Ella Baker. These are two women that I don't remember seeing screen portrayals of before. Yeah, like... Right. 
Yeah, we actually get screen portrayals of of women in the civil rights movement that don't get that recognition, and it's a main focal point. They're talking about how how women don't feel included in this march and all of that. I mm-hmm. I mean, just just getting portrayals of these civil rights leaders, of all these behind behind the scene ones, like for people who don't know, it it's amazing. I, I love that. I love being like, oh, now I gotta go look this person up. Now I gotta go yeah. look this person up. <laughs> And then we got yeah. the briefest of, of, of snippets of Davon Joy Randolph, who is also an Academy Award nominee this year for The Holdovers, an mm-hmm. excellent performance in that movie if you haven't seen it. Um, and she's playing Mahalia Jackson for like three seconds. But, <laughs> but still, like, her presence on the screen is just, it just comes through. Yeah, definitely necessary too, because you cannot tell the story of MLK without at least name dropping Mahalia Jackson at least one time. Um, right. Her but, music uh, was all over this movie. Like <laughs> every time they they uh, press the record players, Mahalia Jackson. Like I, I you know I watched with the captions on. I was like, Ooh, they love mm-hmm. some Mahalia. They love Mahalia. <laughs> Look, she deserves. Um, Ella Baker. You were talking about Audrey McDonald as Ella Baker. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, because I, uh, you know. I, it happens very early in the film, but she is the one who tells uh, Bear Rustin, hey, why don't you go back and talk to MLK? You need to uh, yeah. go make up with your friend. And yeah. that moment is so pivotal because we don't get any of this without this woman saying, stop it, stop it. Yeah, yeah your feelings yeah. are hurt, but this is bigger than you. This is bigger than y'all. This is bigger than you. You need to go make up with him because he's not about to. He's about to move forward and try to do this the best way he can, but he needs you. He needs your abilities as an organizer, um, and he needs your skill set. And honestly, y'all work better together. I think she said uh, mm-hmm. separate y'all are fine, but together y'all are fire. Um, and that's exactly <laughs> what they needed. Uh, I was like, that that was kind of a bar, but okay, go with it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that, that- throughout... Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was gonna say that in the death of Medgar Evers yeah. here as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, when it comes to Ella Baker and um, when it comes to the portrayal of uh, Dr. Anna Hedge, uh, Hedgeman from um, CCH Powder, that that those are the moments, right, that are understated, right? The moments where a woman is saying, "Go do the thing, go do this thing, and then it'll happen." And then the men go and they do it, and then the men get all the the glory and the praise for it um, yeah. because mm-hmm. throughout. Um, and I really want to talk about CCH powder because I mean, it's like I've known this woman, like you said, my whole life. The first time I laid eyes on the television screen, I feel like I've I've known her and I was so excited to see her in this role. Uh, but throughout she's beating the drum. I was just like, you know, we have to give women a voice in this. It's not, it's not the movement. If women aren't going to be seen, what's, what's the difference? What's, what's like, what's the importance of being seen and not heard? Why would you, why would you want that if we're being so intricate and integral inside of creating this whole movement? And I just thought that was so cool that you could use this story of Bayer Rustin to show that, you know, there were other aspects of the civil rights movement uh, other than just MLK showing up, you know, and just making everything just happen. You know, these stories have been told, but never, like you said, on screen, screen portrayal that really highlighted some of the finer aspects of them and their careers. And so I really appreciated that. Um, but yes, Mari, you highlighted uh, Megger Evers, who is in this film for a uh, very short time. Um, mm-hmm. And that moment being one of the inciting incidents that really pushes the um, the March on Washington to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like the voice of reason within the room. Like, this needs, we need to make this work. We need to all come together uh, to make it happen. He speaks up for Bayard R- Rustin. And I, it's, 
it's kind of funny because it's like as soon as they say his name, I was like, "Oh, I know who that is." You know, what I'm saying in a room, yeah. room like, I'm like, "Oh God, I," you know, like I don't know like, exactly who everybody here is, but like to see that, and I was like, "Oh wait, are they gonna?" And I was like, "Oh yeah," I was like, "Oh damn!" Like yeah, they have to include it because his death is so pivotal to yeah. the civil rights movement and really bolstering um, the the civil rights movement to move forward. That it was. You know, it was bittersweet to see him in this moment playing peacekeeper to then um, his death being what uh, his death and Ella Baker's prodding is what kind of brings Bayard and MLK back together. Yeah. Another person. That's my thought, at least. I mean, that's what it looked like to me as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Another portrayal in this movie that I was very happy to see. I got very excited when they uh, when there was uh, like all in the room, because like you said, until they tell you who these people are. Yeah. Uh, like these are actors, so we don't yeah. see <laughs> right. the right. face of who we're talking about. But John Lewis is in this movie, and I yes. was like, "Hey, so Matanya, he's played by Maxwell Whittington Cooper." Uh huh. I do not know this man. I've seen When They See Us. I believe he was in that. He's in The Godfather of Harlem and Mrs. Fletcher. Are you familiar with him? And what did you think about his portrayal and his brief portrayal of John Lewis? I'm not really familiar with him. No, um, like he he's clearly a young and like up and coming actor. So mm-hmm. I think this was like one of his bigger roles so far. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I I just like found myself drawn to his eyes. Like he mm-hmm. he just is such an ex- has such an expressive face, and for him to be playing someone as amazing as you know John Lewis, like somebody that we all know and like love and are familiar with like the sights and sounds and mannerisms of he's doing such a great job at playing like a young eager like scrappy john lewis as opposed to like the more statesmanly type person Mm -hmm. that we know when he's older and i think Mm -hmm. this performance is just like spot on like this movie's casting is uh was done by abby kaufman who has casted like a million Oscar nominated, like nominated and winning roles. Like she's an amazing casting director, but the casting in this movie is just something that I marvel at. Like just looking at this row of names and there's a lot of people here that we aren't necessarily familiar with that aren't household names yet that I think because of this movie will become household names. And I think that this actor, Maxwell Whittington Cooper is definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah. His portrayal was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was I I was like, am I the only one who doesn't know who this is? I mean, I went and looked for like a Wikipedia page and I didn't find mm-hmm. one. So I was like, okay, maybe they're a relative new actor, but very excited. Again, these names that they're portraying are such big names in the history of the United States, especially when it comes to black history. And so I was mm-hmm. like, if you now have that under your belt, then you can do anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You played John John Lewis in a movie. Okay, so now what do you want to do? You know, where do you want to go? What, do you, what what role is too big for you? You know, if you played MLK in a movie, what role is too big for you now? Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I'm very excited to see. Uh, but there were, yeah, there were so many like relative unknowns for me. Uh, Cara Patterson, uh, who's known for Straight Outta Compton, uh, played uh, Coretta Scott King. Mm. Um, oh, mm-hmm. who do I, I had no clue i was like okay you know and so now i'm thinking mm-hmm. okay now i gotta really dive deep but i do think that the connect uh on post recaps this is what we do we are supposed to go and find these people mm-hmm. and talk about how great they they did because a lot of ways they'll be overlooked coleman domingo is a mega star always has been in my eyes and is right. finally getting his just due but look how long it took and so exactly. these people 
are kind of in their like early stages, if not early stages of getting recognition. And so we might have years and years to come to talk about the performances from these actors. So we might be at the ground floor of some of the biggest careers of our lifetime. We just don't know yet. Um, but with that, let's take another break. And then after that, we'll come back and talk about a little bit, a few more of the plot points and then wrap everything up uh, on this recap right after this. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. So, we got into the bigger named characters in the cast, but we really haven't talked about uh, the romance, which is kind of a center point of this film as well, between by Rustin and Elias, played by Johnny Ramey. So, this character, I found out, was created for the film. Yeah. Um, I, I, that kind of had that feeling. Yeah. 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 So, like, yeah, I mean, because even if you think about it, uh, it would take, like, probably an act of God and Congress and all kinds of stuff to get somebody to openly talk about a clandestine relationship in the civil rights movement between civil rights, civil rights leaders, you know, like that, a married man and stuff. There's a lot of reasons why this story is probably not being told, but there's probably reason to believe that there is a story similar to it like that, like yeah. it's out there. Right. So yeah. they create this character Elias to show that by Rustin being a, a, a man who is openly homosexual, it seems, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, is attracted to other men who might not be openly homosexual, uh, mm -hmm. can have, uh, you know, a relationship outside of this movement that could be detrimental to making uh, this movement happen. And so there's a point in the film where he's telling uh, like um, his other partner, Tom, who we'll talk about as well, that, mm -hmm. I, OK, just don't let me get into trouble. I can't, you know, I can't throw this off. He tells MLK, I can only be who I am, but I'm going to try to make sure there are no incidences. And basically, he don't want to get caught being gay outside, you know? And yeah. I thought that was so entertaining of, like, a way to put that, but also, you know, so sad. And so uh, mm -hmm. we see Elias and Byron Rustin in this uh, romance where um, they start off as they're both in the movement, but uh, eventually, you know, he, this man is in, uh, you know, the church ministry and he's married and by the rest in really can't be getting caught up gay outside right now because it'll be bad for the movement. And eventually they're uh, they're broken up. Latanya, what did you think about this love story in this little bubble? Because uh, by the rest in seemingly had a few love stories going on at once. He he did. Um, yeah, I mean, he has the love story with Tom who, that is like an actual, like factual love story. And then this uh, love story with Elias Taylor, who is really just like, you know, trying to come out of his shell when he's around Bayard. Like he is so... Um, like closeted? Closeted, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and has to be like working in the church mm -hmm. in Alabama uh, being married and like you know we learn that he has a baby on the way by the end of the movie like you know he necessarily would have to be closeted during this time even though Bayard like finds the ability to be free I love the conversation that they have at the bar where uh you know you get the idea that this is like this turns into a gay bar at night um he's because Rustin says we're okay here now at this time of night 
Um, and then you look around and it's just all men just like hanging out with each other. And that's something that I'm sure Elias never experienced before, just being like yeah. in a place like that. And he says uh, they're, they're discussing respectability politics and what it means to be black and gay and growing up Christian and all of those conversations that are just so in the subtext of most movies it are laid bare in this movie. And I think that that's very important. And then we get the line from Elias, you know, teach me how to be brave right before they kiss, which is a very sweet line. And it's just sad to see what eventually happens of their relationship later on in the movie. Yeah. Cause mm -hmm. it's so realistic. It's, it's realistic for that time period. It's realistic for Elias's position. Cause not only is he in the church, but he's like, in church leadership and we find out later that with um he's married to the current pastor's daughter so when the current pastor steps down he's gonna give the congregation to elias so elias is like number two here so he he has so many things to lose and unfortunately this was their reality for i'm pretty sure a lot of gay men during that time black gay men christian gay men during that time so um, I, I, I like the, I like it for its authenticity, but you could definitely tell that this was probably, this was like something they threw in to maybe give a little bit more uh, of a dynamic character to, uh, Bayard, but to also, again, flesh out how the times are going. Um, so I, I'm not mad at it. Yeah, they definitely need to give uh, a lot more. Um, you have to take license to do some of this stuff because uh, otherwise you don't get the full picture of who Bayard Rusted is, right? If he's right. closeted, then people don't know those sides of him unless he's talking about them with people. And then it just mm -hmm. becomes secondhand accounts of what happened. And so this is the only way you get to see what it looks like when he is sneaking out in the middle of the night and then almost a tip like going to meet him, but then, you know, getting scared and going back because what if somebody sees him or, mm -hmm. you know, they pull up at the at the club at the night and and there's a raid and all these people are getting you know there's flat photography on all these men as they're getting shuffled out of the club and that could have been the end of both their livelihoods you know by arresting derailing the civil rights movement in that moment potentially and elias in his entire life crumbling because he's a married man with kids during this time and so um yeah all of that kind of has to be included in yeah. the film so that you can see you know the realities of what it was for somebody like him uh you know and this relationship that they had now uh elias was portrayed by johnny ramey who again for me relative unknown i see that he's been in several broadway and major regional productions um mm -hmm. but again if you are basically playing the the other leading man to buy a Rustin, right like buy a Rustin's uh like love interest in this movie I feel like the sky's the limit. You know, this is Coleman Domingo playing off of you as an Oscar nominated actor. Now, when you go apply and you go and audition for your next film, you got something to put on your plate. I mean, on your, you know, they say like, bam, look what I did. And so yeah. I'm thinking that there's probably good things and big things to come from him as well. Um, Latanya, you mentioned Tom. Now you said Tom is actual portrayal of somebody that was uh, a real life love interest for Byron Rustin. Tom Khan, um, I believe was uh, was uh, like who is essentially like the secretary for uh, Rustin throughout this movie. Uh, but they also clearly have like a romantic relationship. They're basically living together. Um, and I believe that he was the uh, the lover that stayed with Rustin throughout the rest of his life, if I'm not mistaken. 
So I, I believe you know, no, at the in the in the credits, right before the credits, they did say he yeah. found another love interest eventually. Yeah. Uh, but I don't okay. know, but it looks like Tom was probably the love interest that was at the part of this civil rights movement part of his life, mm -hmm. right? Where he's creating this uh this uh, march on Washington. But Latanya, I if it if it's anything like the movie portrayed it, I'm not surprised that they did not last that long. Last, after. yeah. I mean, yeah. like there was there was there's like a power imbalance that's happening in addition to the fact that, you know, Rustin is almost portrayed as, you know, like the type of person who gets really interested in someone and like taken by them and then has the possibility to move on once he finds the next person that he's interested with and taken by that. That's at least how Tom puts it in the movie. So uh, with all of the, the combination of the power imbalance, the, um, trying to make it together through the civil rights movement, like being a, a white man with a black man, like all of those are reasons why their relationship would not necessarily have lasted. And there are a million more. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of power dynamics, Tanya, if you think about it, isn't it weird to be like, Tom is the minority in this film yeah. and, and in this <laughs> circle to where if there's a power dynamic, it's not because Tom is a white man and he has more power over Byron Rustin. It's actually the other way around. It's, uh, yeah, it's flipped. Yeah, he's essentially his uh, white paramour. And so he's just like, uh, he drags him around to these functions. And, you know, and Tom is very active. He went to Howard. Um, shout, shout out to Mario. Yeah, you know? yeah, he, yeah. he went to Howard, but uh, apparently in his life, uh -huh. yeah, apparently in his life, uh, his family was not okay with him being uh, gay and having a, a black man at their table, a black teenager at their right. lunch table. I mean, at their dinner table. And so he left and he's seemingly been active in the civil rights movement ever since. Um, and yeah, I thought Tom was very interesting because, you know, he does feel like the story that we're told about a lot of civil rights leaders is that they did have white counterparts that were actively doing the work for them uh, for better or for worse, you know? Um, so Tom, uh, like, work with them. Yeah. Work with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cats pawing them sometimes, you know, just, mm -hmm. you know, it just, it, cause in this film, it is very much portrayed as, Hey Tom, you're going to be my assistant. Also, I'm about to be out here doing dirt. And Tom <laughs> is in the sidelines. Hey, I was waiting on Tom to do some dirty. I was waiting on, time to be like jealous and try to uh, you know derail something and he did it he stayed true to the cause um and true to Bayard Rustin and so I thought for me this was a very interesting layer of the film Mari what did you think about Tom as as a, a former like a fellow uh Howard yeah. alumni <laughs> yeah I, you know Tom Tom was there to give just enough nuance but not uh, be the focal point and that's what I that's honestly what I really appreciated and really took away from the film it's because it can it it can get to a point where some of these films can like they they have their their protagonists be like through the the, the eyes of a white person type thing I'm trying For to sure. think of the name, of, name of that film we, that came get, out like after well, some a minute ago but yeah we get a um, lot of white savior movies you know where uh yes you know, exactly yes. Where the guy yes. shows up at the end of the Black Panther in the in the in the uh, in the spaceship and starts shooting everybody like, oh yeah, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, it, like it didn't. We didn't necessarily get a lot of Tom's point of view um, outside of uh, Bayard, uh, Bayard, and so I'm fine with that. Like, I'm yeah. I'm completely fine with that. I I felt like he played his part correctly. I felt like I I completely understood what he meant to the movement and what the movement meant to him. You know what I'm saying? Like he was above the pettiness. He he really wanted th this thing to succeed. So um, 
I, I did appreciate that aspect and, and what he contributed to the movie. Yeah, and this is Gus Halper, who I, again, I don't know this man. Are y'all familiar <laughs> with Gus and his work? Uh, I don't no. Think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's again, I think this movie for it to be an Oscar nominated film and, and specifically a Netflix film is really doing a, yeah, right. a, a good job in like highlighting some people that we might not have seen before and that we probably need to get into. Again, Gus Halper, no Wikipedia page. So I oh, think a relative oh. new. And actor, a lot of these yeah. people are like Broadway actors as well. like mm-hmm. uh, the, Which is woman, really interesting. Which is amazing. The woman who mm-hmm. played uh, Elias's wife, Adrienne Warren, is a Tony Award winning performer. Um, wow. It's like really great to see that, and this is like how the British have been doing it since time immemorial, right? Like mm-hmm. it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what your medium is, you're an actor. And right. so, you know, seeing all of these great Broadway people start to infiltrate their way into Hollywood is really great. Like I think for us, for the moviegoers and for mm-hmm. the, the the viewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I just it gives a whole different level of you know of nuance to some of these roles you know like because uh, screen actors are taught to act in a certain way Broadway actors are learn how to act in a different way and I do think that meshing these two styles is probably better for everybody but you know it's starting to seep into the larger uh, you know media uh, as it seems and and I like it you know I'm not I'm not complaining about any of these roles it's been fun watching these characters and these new actors that I've never seen before kind of develop on screen. Uh, but we do have to talk about one of our more seasoned actors here, Latanya. Yeah, we put it off as long as we could. Uh, we have, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, in control of the NAACP here, uh, Roy Wilkins, portrayed by your fave, Chris Rock. Now, Latanya, yeah, I- I'm gonna just let you have the floor. Tell us about your fave. Tell us about your guy. Because I know you're an OG Chris Rock fan. Why? Why are you doing this? Because <laughs> yeah, no, he's a troll. That's why. Yeah, like I, I when when Chris Rock came on the screen, I literally said, "Damn, I forgot he was in this movie." Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I mean, he's playing a troll, like Mari said. He. She was talking about me. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm talking about yeah. Well, he's playing. He's also playing a troll. Like he's he's. Maybe been typecast. I couldn't say speak to that. I did not cast him. Um, but I mean, I, he is effective in making me dislike his character and making oh, yeah. me question the NAACP. I mean, this is not the first movie that we've covered in recent history where the NAACP has played like a large role. When you go back to the the original Color Purple, the NAACP mm-hmm. were like telling people not to see that movie. Um, so the NAACP is a bit of a, a difficult discussion because there's, there are so many great things that the NAACP has done for the advancement of colored people. Still, Mm -hmm. that's the title of the organization in 2024. Um, but there's also so many things that they like, they're a very conservative organization in a lot of ways as well. Yeah. So. Roy, Roy Wilkins, my my other frat brother. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. You win some, you lose some. Yo, <laughs> hey, you can't stop fighting, y'all. Are this. Anyway, so right. um, yeah, um, Chris Rock. I will say this: 
Chris Rock has range. You know, we know Chris Rock as a comedian. We've seen him in a lot of goofy roles, but here he was in a very specific, um, almost conservative role in um, in in this film uh, as Roy Wilkins. Like, so as we know, these are liberal people because they are looking for equal rights for black people. Um, but sometimes, when the NAACP is concerned, it be looking for equal rights for black men. And then everybody else can get it after. And I think that we've seen that in in the conversations about the color purple and then in our uh, dealings with Chris Rock's character, Roy Wilkins, in this film as well, because um, he's basically kind of uh, pushing um, by arresting to the side and being like, you know what? He gay. He can't be the face of this. I'm sorry. And then also Mm -hmm. really undermining what the things that he wants to do um, by saying, you know, it can't be that big. It can't be two days. It can't do this. You can't do that. So a lot of him shutting it down and saying, well, this is the NAACP. We're in charge here. You don't get to make the decisions here. And it does give you a good, good hate into into Roy (laughs) Wilkins character. Whether you like Chris Rock or not, Mari, what did you think about Chris Rock in this role? Um, <laughs> another Chris one of your faves. Yeah, like to to be completely honest, he sounded like Chris Rock. Like is Chris Rock with a bad wig on? So to me, it was just like okay, like you know what I'm saying. Like I, I Chris Rock is not the best dramatic TV actor to me. Like he's just not. I, I think the closest he got was Spiral. And that's saying something because that was an awful movie. But <laughs> at least I, th- I thought he, he had a decent acting job there. I, I don't know if it was he was his acting was bad or is he I think he was just getting out acted by everybody around him. I think that's what really yeah, truly happened. I that's... think he was getting completely out acted by every single person around him to the point where I was just like it just felt, it kind of sounded like mom, mom, every time he was on screen to me. Mm. I was impressed with Chris Rock just because I know Chris Rock as the everybody hates Chris guy. I know him as his stand-up specials. Like I haven't really yeah. seen him in a lot of dramatic roles. So to see him in this role, I was very, I was very proud of Chris Rock and his acting ability because he is surrounded by some crazy good actors mm-hmm. uh, with uh, uh, CCH Powder and uh, and Coleman Domingo. Like these people are seasoned uh, professionals, but he's also surrounded by some relative newcomers. And it didn't feel like he was definitely he wasn't like the weakest link. And I think he had a very big role to play as well. You know, uh, to be the face of the opposition from within uh you know in the same way that jeffrey wright's character was the opposition opposition from within i think it takes a lot to go there i do think that there might be aspects of chris rock's personality to where it wasn't that much of a stretch but at the same time <laughs> i think that he held his own he held his own uh, so i was very proud to see him there uh the movie ends with by arresting actually kind of um like embodying one of the quotes that he said throughout the film, which is, I want to be a part of the movie. I don't care if you call me the garbage man. If you, Mm -hmm. you can call me the garbage Mm -hmm. man and I'll be a part of this, but I I need, I need to make this happen. And so he ends up taking a a role as the the deputy uh, lead of this uh, movement uh, of this March on Washington. And then later on, by the time it's all said and done, uh, when it's time for them to go into the room and, and everybody is going to talk about how great everyone is, He's the one who's still picking up trash with the rest of the grassroots people and the organizers and the people on the on the uh, on the floor of this this whole movement. And um, it probably says a lot. Right. Because, again, all of this work to get very minimal credit, largely due to his sexuality and who he is as a person Mm -hmm. and not what his character is, um, Mm -hmm. you know, throughout the film and the amount of the hard work that he did. And so uh, at the end of this, I felt like it was a 
a story of triumph because we know where this leads, but also a very sad yeah. story to me because yeah. he doesn't get the the he doesn't get the credit that he's due. And then we know that the civil rights movement does not end at that point for black people or for gay people. <laughs> and and that yeah. largely gay people have still that still have a long way to come when it yeah. comes to getting their recognition in these roles and uh you know and I mean roles within civil rights movements, but roles mm-hmm. in in every other aspect of life, including acting. And so, yeah, I thought that you know Coleman Domingo just now getting a, a nomination for an award this big. I thought this was uh, very telling and kind of significant, just to show that yeah, you can do all of these things and still not get what is deserved to you because there are people in power that won't allow you to have that spotlight. Um, Latanya, I saw you make a reaction to that. Um, you, as our Oscar guru here, I do want to just um, give you a chance to talk about you know some of the underrepresented uh, like populations and the conversation that Mark was talking about earlier, where mm-hmm. people are missing the intersection of these people and not yeah. really highlighting that uh, we are more than just our color, the color of our skin, or, but we all have to deal with all portions of us when highlighting these award winners and when giving people their uh, their time to shine. Yeah, I mean, the Oscars are nothing if not a flawed organization. They are a mojo dojo casa house. So, like, I was shocked when I saw these nominations. Honestly, when I saw nominations for American fiction, I was like, really? Oh, right. Okay. Um, sure. When, when I, I know. When I saw that Colbin Domingo got nominated, I was like, great. It's about time. But also... Oh, whoa. Like, congratulations to the Obamas because this is their production company, Higher Ground. And you know that they've been doing a lot of lobbying behind the scenes in order to make something like that happen. I mean, Mm -hmm. we we talk about like Oscar snubs. Um, I know that a lot of people were expecting Lenny Kravitz to get a nomination for the song. song? Yeah, for best song. After I heard the song, I no longer expected (laughs) that. Um, I was like, oh, okay. I was today years old when I thought somebody was trying to nominate that for an Oscar, but okay. <laughs> I was like, it was, what? It was definitely submitted. It was up for like Oscar consideration. Interesting. You go, lady. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't call it a snub. I would just call it something Me that neither. didn't happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in the larger context of the Oscars, I mean, it's difficult to say that like this is the most diverse like pool ever when when there have never been there's never been diversity amongst mm-hmm. the people that are are the nominate like nominating committee for the Academy Awards, you know, the higher ups in the Academy Awards, a large member of the Academy Award body is white cis males. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of times people listen to their kids. Like mm-hmm. that's when their, their own like kids come in and tell them things and start lobbying. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it has to come from the production companies themselves. So the people behind Rustin, the people behind American fiction had to have done some really impressive lobbying in order for them to get these Academy Award nominations. Now, will they win? I really don't think so. Um, like I think that people kind of have their minds made up already about these categories based on the rest of how award season has been going. Mm-hmm. And, and it's who one is, of the, like tell us because I'm not abreast. Who, who I feel like um I feel like I, there's a lot of momentum for Oppenheimer right now. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, no, no, like no, no, Killian no. Murphy being nominated against uh Coleman Domingo is is gonna be something that's kind of a big deal uh for him to overcome. Um, 
I believe that like the Coleman Domingo Jeffrey Wright nominations are gonna cross each other out in yeah. in a weird uh, way. Mm-hmm. That's odd, but yeah, I agree. I it agree. doesn't it's make any enough. damn sense, but it that's just like how the academy thinks of things. Yeah. Um, and then like we're talking about like say Sterling K. Brown for best supporting actor. I think that he should win, but I also know that Robert Downey Jr. is nominated in that category. Mm. Mark Ruffalo is nominated. Yeah, for Oppenheimer. Mark Ruffalo is nominated in uh, that category for Poor Things. Those are like, you know, kind of like... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then we've got Ryan Gosling nominated for, rightfully so, for playing Ken. Like, he was a standout in that movie about women. Like, he just (laughs) must be So... Yeah, there's a lot of like politics going on behind the scenes. Yeah. There's a lot of uh performances that we think should be nominated like why not Tiana Taylor for 1001? You know, like why not anyone for Past Lives? It got nominated for a best picture, but no one got nominated for any not acting, not directing. Like what did you like Which about the film? Good. Right, <laughs> best picture, but we didn't like none of the th- none of the stuff y'all did. We just like the whole presentation. Yeah, well, the whole so, package. So even though I'm like a bit of an Oscars junkie, I'm not as much of a snob as the Oscars are at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Mari, as we wrap up, uh, for the people who watch this film, I'm sure that they, you know, they they have listened to this and they thought, okay, yeah, we talked about the plot or whatever. But if people didn't watch this, right, if they just came here to get the rundown, the uh, the like, okay, what what do I need to know about Rustin? How do you feel about this movie and like where it stacks up in the biopics that we have? Because as black people, we love a good biopic. We got the yeah, Temptations. Yeah, we got what yeah, got to do yeah. with it. Little Richard got a biopic. Michael Jackson got a few of them. Where do you think Rustin stacks up in the, in that conversation? I mean, I feel like it it does stack up high against the bio, bio, biopics that include civil rights leaders. You know, it's hard to it's hard to come up yeah. against those musical yeah. ones, to be quite honest. Like, uh, <laughs> because it's it's just it's just so good to see see the musical ones. But like, um, I, I would I would definitely kind of put this up there with like the original Malcolm X with Denzel. Ooh, and, okay, um, yeah. Wow. The original, like Martin Luther King one. I can't remember which one I'm talking about. There's been so many, but at least oh, one of them. And there's yeah. probably another with Genius, uh, a TV show that's coming out to portray both Malcolm X and Michael, uh, sorry, Martin Luther King. Oh, um, okay. Well, the one I'm assuming the people who did Aretha and had, uh, uh, yeah. What's your name? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I, I actually I actually like this one. I think it, I think it's because it's a story that's not well known. I I can't I can't say that I knew this story going into it. I thought it was well acted. Again, like even if you might find the history portion of it boring, I think Coleman Domingo's. Uh, I think I truly think Coleman Domingo's uh, portrayal of of of, of Bayard is what really keeps you engaged like truly truly mm-hmm. truly like it could be like womp, 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 history 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 what are we doing over here but it's like his reactions to everything that's going on is what kept pulling me back every single time so i i actually rank it very very highly um i i even like the opening where we get like mm-hmm. a montage of the civil civil rights things where we opening with like the the lunch counter protests, mm-hmm. uh, Ruby Bridges, Ruby Bridges being yeah. escorted, and like the the Little Rock Nine and all of that. Like that montage was like beautifully sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that shot um, and the sunglasses was just gorgeous. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
My so favorite thing I, about the like montage this. is that it was in color. You know, yeah. And I think that yeah. a lot of time we are showing those pictures in black and white, and it makes it feel yep. like it was forever ago. Yes. Um, but you know, we know that it has not been that long, and right. uh, the the events of this like are still within people's lifetime. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, and so I agree. I think this is a very important biopic. I think that it will shine light on other civil rights leaders as well. You know, I, when I was growing up, it was like, all right, kids. Uh, Give us your best MLK speech or give us your best MLK essay. You know, we were all mm -hmm. writing about Martin Luther yes. King. And then like, oh, yeah, you you like people like Stray and you go, oh, yeah, I'm going to write about Harriet Tubman. I, like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I, like, I want to I, I want to um, I want to like fifty dollar college like savings bond, like the, the bond for, uh -huh. doing, for um, <laughs> doing Martin Luther King like in cutout um, like, <laughs> as like yeah. a kid. I was like maybe all of eight and that it looked like mr potato head it truly <laughs> it, it truly did. I, I got i i won third place which meant i got a 50 dollars for you bond, and that sat in my my account for college and all of that and garnered money um <laughs> like it's it was just so it's just so limited like how many mm -hmm. civil rights leaders were like kids are actually taught and even more now today's date like they're clear they're trying to restrict it even more when we're already down to the bare bones of mlk and malcolm x if you're lucky rosa parks if you're lucky you know you know what i'm saying like it, these are important it is it is truly important so you should always go watch it also random side note um it took me until maybe like a decade like a decade ago to realize like i lived in dc as a child and my dad attended the Million Man March. It took me really? forever to realize, really? yeah, that it was different from the March on Washington. They were both technically marches on Washington. Yes. <laughs> I have so many questions about the Million Man March, but that is the time, a, a conversation for another time. Uh, thank you all for listening and joining us here as we uh, wrap up yet another uh, Academy Award nominated film uh, and that centers a Black character and a Black actor. And so um, this has been fun. Latanya, can you tell everybody where they can find you, what you've been up to, what's going on? Share, tell us what's, what's been going down. And shout out to the new hair, though. Shout out to the new hair. Oh, yeah. thank yeah. you, Chappelle. Uh, oh, it just filled my cold heart. Uh, <laughs> I, If you want to hear more of my prognosticating about the Oscars, you can do so by listening to the podcast that me, Grace, and Ariel put out about the Oscar nominations. Uh, it was funny because the Oscar nominations are funny in a lot of ways. Um, and then uh, you can catch me on Versus with Mike Bloom talking about seasons one of Fargo. So, nope. Season one of True Detective and season four, the current True Detective, True Detective Night Country. I have seen tonight's episode already and it, the end is amazing. I just, I can't wait for people to see it. I love what Ita Lopez has done and everything is so scary about this season and it makes me really happy as a horror fan. So check that out. You can follow me on Twitter at LK Starks for more. All right. And Mari, what have you been up to? This is a big week for wrestling. Yes. Uh, we just finished uh, going live and posting our Rumble, our, our Royal Rumble reactions podcast. 
Uh, so me and Mascot were joined by uh, Torian, a former guest, uh, a, a recurring guest, should I say? There we go. Um, to talk about our reactions from last night's Royal Rumble, and it was uh, a, it was a lot. So go and check that out by going to slash wrestling feed in order to subscribe. You can um, also follow me on Twitter at Mari Talks Too Much. That's to like the number two, uh, and. Also, every Tuesday, me and Sarah Carradine bring True Crime Tuesdays to RJP on the Crime Scene Podcast. So you can go to robhasawebsite.com slash crime feed in order to uh, subscribe to us there. We are on a break this week. Yeah. Or I don't know. We're, we're, things are happening. There's a break at some point. But there's a really good episode, American Nightmare, featuring Jason Reed mm. coming up. So just make sure you're subscribed so you know when we come back. We take one week breaks sometimes, and it happens. So just go subscribe. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, you out. You work so hard over on Crime, so you definitely deserve a break whenever you can get one. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show to keep up with all the things that I am doing, including uh, Rob and I just wrapped up coverage of The Trust on Netflix, where we uh, interviewed Mama J, one of the standout characters from that cast. So if you were a fan of The Trust or are you getting into it, uh, check out that interview. It was a good time. Also on SuitsPodcast.com, Rob and I are still covering Pearson, uh, the Suits spinoff. And so you can check us out on SuitsPodcast.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast podcast to suit yourself um to get all of rob and i's coverage of suits and now pearson and more you can join our facebook community too suitspodcast.com slash facebook and then also speaking of rob he and i are working on something special for uh, the rob has a podcast network coming very very soon in february and so uh keep up with me on twitter at chappelle's underscore show follow at rob has a podcast and uh look for more details about what's coming up next for me but for latanya at lk starks uh mari at mari talk too much and me chappelle at chappelle underscore show we will talk to you all next time with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.